Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. Have you checked the children? children. I want to play a game. The box. You opened it. We came. This is the All America Spook Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the All American Spook Show podcast. I'm Josh. I'm joined here with Donnie. Yo. Will. Yeah. And the Professor Smoke. What's up? And this week, it's it's my choice, and I decided to, to that we needed to jump back into the deep end of the pool known as the Hellraiser franchise. Uh, we watched the first three, you know, kind of spread them out over, like, the course of a few months back, like, late 2021 into early last year. But we haven't – it's been a while since we watched Hellraiser 3. So I was like, you know what, let's just go ahead and get four in here, and let's start <laughs> let's start shaving off this franchise so we can move on to something else, you know. What sights we get to see. Oh, yeah, yeah. They got to show us a lot here, all right. <laughs> Come and see Pinhead's crack hole. Because that's what this is like. But, yeah, you know, we don't want to give away too much here off the top. But, oh, boy. This is going to be something. He just gave away the ending. <laughs> spoiler alert. Speaking of spoilers, uh, if you're just listening to the Spook Show for the first time, we appreciate it. But we also want to remind you that we are a spoiler-filled podcast. And if you've never watched Hellraiser Bloodline, and you plan on it, then you probably want to go ahead and hit pause and come back and listen to this. You know, go watch it and come back and listen to this later. Later, As of the recording of this, it is available on HBO Max. Uh, mm. And of course, you can, you know, purchase it and rent it in various other ways. But I believe that was the only place that it was streaming currently. But, you know, month to month, those things change. So don't hold us to it once you get to the month of February. But for now, you can watch it over on HBO Max. Uh, before we dive into it, I'll go ahead and throw out some of the usual information. You can contact us at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. Uh, we encourage you to go over to the all-new aaspookshow.com. That's the center of the Spook Show universe where you can find links to our YouTube channel. We're over there every month. We have uh, Grindhouse Gutter. We've got Spook Show Rewind. And we also do Hammer Horror in Order. That's all available on the YouTube channel. We've got our Patreon, patreon.com slash aaspookshow, which you can you know get to from aaspookshow.com where every month we have video minisodes featuring the library of the professor. And we also have craps for peace theater every month. So you can almost certainly guarantee that whatever Donnie selects the craps for peace theater, will be watching, <laughs> will be watching over on Patreon <laughs> just about every month, including this month. Oh, oh boy. We get to watch Freddie got fingered. Uh, no, y'all get to watch Freddy Got Yeah, yeah. I, uh, that's why I you, like, you like to laugh. This one it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Real funny. One of these days, we'll get you. We'll get you. I mean, we've, <sighs> we've gotten you a few times. Yeah, yeah, a little it's, bit it's here and there. few and far between out of, what, this is the 11th Crapster piece? I think? I yes. Think yeah. Yes. So, like, yeah, out of those 11 times, it's been, like, eight of them, nine of them that you won. So... 
something like your that. Your time's coming. Your your streak is at it. It's going to come to an end, and then you're going to have to watch like eight in a row or something like that. It's mm. coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that that'll be coming up. Uh, actually, on, on the old uh, Spook Show calendar, uh, that'll be coming up on January 27th. So that's Friday, January 27th, over at Patreon.com/slash A Spook Show. So if you want to hear the torture that is Freddie got fingered. Donnie doesn't have to be there, so he probably yeah. will not be there. So no, I more won't. than likely will probably be being smoked and maybe Will. Who, will, are you up for it? You gonna be uh, up for been, uh, uh no no no, yeah, I definitely got something uh yeah, yeah no 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 that's too convenient. <laughs> yeah. Well you didn't have to last month though, because elves, that was one you won, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so that was one of the rare times it wasn't Donnie. See, he loses one, and then he goes right back to winning again. So it's like, uh, it's yeah. hard to keep up with it. Well, anyways. So, yeah, Freddy Got Fingered, that's what's coming. But this and more, all, all at That's It truly is the center of the universe. And our past uh, archived episodes all over there. We encourage you to go check that out. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into Hellraiser Bloodline. Here's the trailer. Centuries ago, a toy maker set out to build the perfect puzzle box. A gift that would bring enchantment to all who possessed it. He never dreamed that this simple toy was the key to the gates of hell. Do I look like someone who cares what God thinks? Now, centuries later, a scientist has unlocked its secret. And the battle for the future of mankind is about to be fought across the boundaries of time. Right, so there's the trailer for Hellraiser 4 Bloodline. So it has a, a number of um, titles that I could find, actually, believe it or not. You've got just Hellraiser 4 Bloodline. The main title is Hellraiser Bloodline. They dropped the 4. Uh, in some places, they just call it Hellraiser 4. And then there's one called Hellraiser 4 Bloodline Story. Now, that was actually a working title. So I guess at some point they just decided to drop the word story. I don't I don't know what the fuck they were thinking anyways. Maybe <laughs> maybe they were trying to play it into Clive Barker's books somehow, I don't know, calling it Bloodline Story, but yeah, they dropped that and here we are. It was released March 8th, 1996 by Dimension Films and Transatlantic Entertainment and it was distributed by Miramax Films. Of course, this is rated R. Total runtime, thankfully, of 1 hour and 25 minutes. <laughs> That's about accurate. On IMDb, it's listed as a horror slash sci-fi, and it was filmed at uh, the studios there in Culver City, California, you know, right there in L.A. Uh, from th- Now, this is weird. I didn't get the whole full story about exactly why it played out like this, but it was filmed from September to October, so for about a month in 1994. And then they picked it back up from April to May of 1995. So... 
two, com- mm-hmm. you know, months apart. Well, this roughly six, five, six months apart on these two uh, filming times uh, for a budget of four million dollars. Boy, it shows. <laughs> Worldwide gross of nine point three million. So this is actually, it was actually way more than I thought. You know, when I was like, "What this thing?" But it, it, this actually was the last Hellraiser movie that got released theatrically. And supposedly, I believe, this was the last that really had any type of connections to the first three movies. Which, that's I, I saw that, and that's very loose. If you think about the way this movie, other than just Pinhead being in it, right? It doesn't really tie much into the other films that I recall. No, and as a matter of fact, it contradicts. Like, if you think about Hellraiser... Was it Hell? Which one was it that had uh, that showed Doug Bradley as you know in regular human form, sort of becomes uh, Pinhead? Three. I think you got some pieces of that in two, and then they kind of told more of the story in three. Yeah. yeah. Was it Korean War? Was it the Vietnam War? I forget. He was a soldier during a certain war, and I forget which one it was. But whichever one it was, it would not have coincided with the story he gave, where uh, talking about Angelique, you know, is not no longer in hell. She's already out of hell now, and hell's no longer a how did he put it? Not a fun place, but a it's, like she had it's and, changed you know, since you were there or something like that. Yeah, it's yes, changed since she was there and all that. But he wouldn't have been there in hell that far back in time, you know, whether it was a Korean War, Vietnam War, whichever it would have been. He wouldn't have been there yet. So, so yeah, it contradicts itself. Anyways, I don't even think it really cared about continuity with the other movies. And this was actually also the last one that had any type of involvement whatsoever with Clive Barker until that most recent one that just came out this past year on Hulu. Yeah. So my, my guess is, I don't know. We'll find out that it's, pr- if you think this one's bad, it probably starts to go downhill even more <laughs> past this. We'll find also, out. I guess we should say who I, you know, I've never seen this one and I haven't seen pretty much any beyond this except for not, I haven't seen the newest one, but the one they made right before that, that didn't have Doug Bradley either. I saw that. I can't even remember the name of it. No, I don't remember. That's the only other one I've seen at this point beyond part beyond three. I had seen so this, I, I, I had seen this one before, <laughs> and I want to say I've seen the fifth one before. We'll find out when we watch it, but I, you know, I'm sure some recollection. But I know yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I haven't watched any past that, and I haven't watched that new one yet either. This was the last one that I watched, and um, I watched it in the theater, but I haven't seen it since. Oh wow! You saw this until in the, in the theater? I did. I'm pretty sure I do have the. <laughs> Uh, the movie stub because I used to collect them and shit. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, well, I shouldn't even ask you. I know you not only have you seen all these, but you own them on DVD, you bought digital copies. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, actually, the uh, um, well, you know, we're in, we're in most of us, with the exception of Smoke, uh, are in, you know, the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Uh, the theater I went to see this at was the old tower place. Uh, the old tower place, which is now like a, a gym. Well, didn't that burn down around 1996? Yeah, it's because of this what? fucking movie. That's yeah. Why. <laughs> yeah, it basically exploded with the spaceship at the end. <laughs> Spoiler alert, so. you mean the cube? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, anyway. Pinhead died and, you know. One last thing that I had, I mean, if there's anything else you guys want to point out, you can, but one last thing I had was the top 10 from that weekend that came out March 8th through the 10th, 1996. And these are always entertaining. And this one's just as entertaining. Number 10, Muppet Treasure Island. 
<laughs> not to be confused with Roman Polanski's Pirates. <laughs> That's actually a... Uh, uh, but, but this movie's probably Muppet Treasure Island better than Roman Polanski's Pilots and Hellraiser. I have never seen oh, Muppet, you know what? Yeah. I've never seen Muppet Treasure Island, but there is no doubt in my mind <laughs> that it is better than Roman Polanski's No fucking question. Dude, better acted? Oh, yeah, everything. Sir. Yeah, a fucking Muppet was better than... <laughs> All, most of the acting outside of Walter Matthau in Pirates. Uh, anyways, number nine, Mr. Holland's Opus. That had been out for 11 weeks at the time. Mm. Uh, number eight, Happy Gilmore. That's right. It was in the theaters at the same time as Happy Gilmore. Damn. For some reason, this movie just feels older than that, though, doesn't it? Like, it feels yeah, like this, this isn't possible. Like, there's no way that Happy Gilmore <laughs> and this movie were playing at the same time. But here we are. <laughs> number seven, Rumble, Rumble in the Bronx, a Jackie Chan classic. Mm. Number six, Broken Arrow. Number five, in its opening week, Hellraiser Bloodline made four and a half million dollars. So it went on to nine something. So this was it, right? Yeah, I'm this, sorry. This I was, was part of that. So. Yeah. <laughs> you think How much you do you pay for your ticket? Four and a half? Million? Oh, million? Maybe yeah. three fifty, three twenty-five on student discount. Okay, so the one week that it was out here, <laughs> that actually means it sold one ticket. So four and a half million is what you paid. Uh, number four, Down Periscope. Number three, Up Close and Personal. Number two in its opening week, Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. <laughs> That's one of Will's favorites. And number one, The Birdcage in its opening week. It made $18.2 million. Good Lord. Wasn't that Robin Williams? Flick The Birdcage? Yep. Yeah. But yeah, there's your, your uh, box office snapshot from the week of March 8th, 1996. So those are always interesting, but... Did you guys have anything else that you wanted to point out in particular to uh, Hellraiser Bloodline before we dig in? No, I well, regret well, seeing this. It was uh, I'd never seen it before, as I said, and then starting to watch it, as soon as the director's name popped up, and it was Alan Smithy, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know exactly why I didn't watch this before and where it's going to go from now. <laughs> because uh, Kevin Yeager, apparently, was the director of the movie. He's known for special effects. This would have been nope. his first directorial debut, even though he'd done some Tales of the Crypt episodes. And he, I guess he was definitely disappointed with the outcome of everything on it. And he decided to take his name off of it. And so <laughs> I think went with yeah. Alan Smithies. <laughs> so that, so it's him. He just changed his name or is that a different it is no, him. Yeah. Well, I mean, he just took his name off of it. Cause you know, the whole Alan Smithy thing. No, no, you no. know, I'm, no? I'm not, I'm actually not familiar with it. Oh, really? Oh, I thought, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a name that they, that any, I guess movie will use if, Somebody gets taken off for whatever reason, whether they themselves don't want to be associated with the movie or whether in the case of uh, was it what was the uh, island of Dr. Moreau in the 90s as well? Uh, Richard Stanley, I think, was attached to that movie. They removed him and then I think they went with the Alan Smithy name for that. So, yeah, what? Yep. Look this up afterwards and look up Alan Smithy and you'll see that it's it's just a pseudonym that the filmmakers association, whoever they use whenever they somebody removes themselves, either by themselves removing or the other people removing them. And I think you're right because <laughs> so I, I, just typed, I just typed Holy in Alan, shit. I just typed in right, Alan Smithy on the on IMDb and it's the worst collection of movies you could possibly imagine. Like most <laughs> oh, of yeah. them you've never fucking heard of or if you have it's like you know you would never want to watch it. Yeah, directed uh, 138 different movies. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Including an episode of Tiny Toon Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> Blood-sucking pharaohs in Pittsburgh. 
Good Lord. Cinema Insomnia with Mr. Lobo. You know what? We might have tripped upon like a, a Spook Show spotlight. Oh, man. This might be a Spook Show spotlight. Let's just go through the career of Alan Smithy. Quote, unquote, Alan Smithy. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be hilarious. But yeah. Now, this, outside, of, outside of this, of course, our own little private chat thing, I sent like a picture of it, of the directed by Alan Smithy. And I think I said something along the lines of, uh, well, I pretty much know how this movie is going to go. And I just said that that y'all might have already known about that Alan Smithy thing, but I guess it's not that wide of a known thing. But. I guess I, if I've ever <laughs> yeah. heard that, I'd, I'd forgot about it. So, but yeah, that's 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 hilarious. Uh, but it was <laughs> on IMDb. But on IMDb, they do credit Kevin Yeager as the director. Like it doesn't say Alan Smithy; it says Kevin Yeager. So oh, it's, you know the the oh. reality. Unfortunately for him, the reality set in. And it was written by Peter Atkins. Yeah, I guess he didn't be known for his first movie being this. And I see that, I don't know if it's because of this movie, but nobody else, the only director credit that Kevin Yeager has besides the Tales of the Crypt episodes that were before this is this movie. <laughs> so, I mean, as far as directing credits go, he was a special effects guy more than anything else. Uh, yep. It stars Bruce Ramsey as Philip and like what, two or three other versions of himself, like his ancestors throughout history, whatever. Uh, Valentina yeah. Vargas as Angelique. Uh, Charlotte Chatton as Genevieve, and of course, Doug Bradley reprising the role of Pinhead for the fourth time now, you know, as far as in the lineage of things. The only other one I felt worth, men- you know, specifically mentioning was Adam Scott plays Jacques, you know, <laughs> at, at the at the beginning of it. This was like his first major film that he ever made. I mean, now he, go- he goes on to be in, you know, Parks and Recreation. Yeah, uh, major, yeah. yeah Step Brothers, mm-hmm. Big Little Lies, tons of others, and Krampus, right? No, tons of other stuff, but mostly a comedy guy. But yeah, this is basically his big, his big break. Was yeah, uh, I think I saw somewhere saying that uh, you know he, he you know he, on the first day of filming he was excited. He gets to to the set, he finds his chair, and it's it's completely wrong name. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and he said it was it was like a really big uh, like welcome to Hollywood moment. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because he was actually, yeah, like, mostly before this, he was in a bunch of episodes of, like, he was in a music video and a bunch of random episodes of, like, ER, Boy Meets World, stuff like that. But there was one other movie that came out, I guess, right around the same time that he was in, City Scrapes, Los Angeles. That, I guess, I guess with this would have been, and The Last Days of Frankie the Fly, he was in that. That all came out in the same year. And also uh, Star Trek First Contact. So, I don't know which ones were first there. They all came out in 1996, but... Um, yeah, this was basically the, you know, kind of his coming out party, so to speak. And obviously it took him a handful of years to kind of catch on and really, you know, break out because he had a lot of roles over the years, but yeah, it's funny that like he becomes more of a comedy guy and, and, uh, right smoke. We can toss this one on the list of guys got, you know, bigger names. They got their start in a horror movie, right? True. Yeah. 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 But that, again, there's another spotlight we have to do at some point down the road of, uh, because there's got this countless number of actors who made a name for themselves later that started out. And sometimes if they were lucky enough, they started out in a big budget, fairly big budget horror movie. But most of the times it's some piece of crap that they would wish, you know, they could forget yeah. about. Like Hellraiser <laughs> Bloodline. Yeah. <laughs> Conveniently. Yeah. <laughs> what do you know? Yum, yum. It's time for a tasty and refreshing snack. We promise to satisfy your hunger, your thirst, your sweet tooth. So visit our refreshment center now. Let's go! For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So hop on over to audible.com. 
typed in Hellraiser, and this is what we get. Hellraiser the Toll by Mark Allen Miller. That one is one and a half hours long. Uh, of course, you've got the other works of Clive Barker, you know, who invented all this stuff. So you've got the Hellbound Heart, the Scarlet Gospels. There's also Hollywood Hellraisers, the Wild Lives and Fast Times of Marlon Brando, Dennis Hopper, Warren Beatty, and Jack Nicholson. So that one's on there. It's over 14 hours long. So it has nothing to do with Pinhead. But so if any of that uh, uh, sounds interesting to you, you can go over to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audiobook. So now I'm going to slide on back over to IMDb and I'm going to click on plot summary and see what we've got. We've actually got uh, about three more than I thought we'd have on here. So <laughs> I'll, re- <laughs> I'll read a couple of these. Uh, you've got the one sentence, you know, brief one. In the 22nd century, a scientist attempts to right the wrong his ancestor created. The puzzle box that opens the gates of hell and unleashes Pinhead and his Cenobite legions. Uh, we've also got, this one was submitted by Jason Mechelek. Yeah, Mechanek, I don't know. Mechelek. It's the year 2127. Pinhead, the evil Cenobite of the series, has found himself on board a space station in outer space, run by scientist Dr. Merchant. Dr. Merchant's mission is to close the gates to hell forever. Because his ancestor, a toy maker in the 18th century, built the evil puzzle box that opens the gates to hell. This is stupid even reading it. And through the generations, the family of the bloodline has tried to stop it. But now, Dr. Merchant has built the reverse box. A box that will close the gates to hell instead of opening it. And one last one, a little longer. This was uh, put on here by Will. Will, did you submit a synopsis to IMDb? (laughs) No. Let's read it and find (laughs) Let's read it and find out if this was you or not. In the 22nd century, Dr. It says Will on the podcast. Yeah, well, it really gets specific there. Uh, in the 22nd century, Dr. Paul Merchant has created the ultimate space station for a special purpose, to destroy the lament configuration, which has brought silent shame to his family for centuries. In the 18th century, French toymaker Philippe Le Marchand built the first puzzle box, which was used by magician De, De Lille, I forgot what the guy's name was, to create a beautiful demon named Angelique, the daughter of Leviathan, the lord of hell's labyrinth. As the generations passed, Lemarchant's descendants began the work to create the Elysium configuration, a box that would destroy the Lament configuration until 1996, when one of them, John, nearly fell to the power of the box through Angelique. Of course, Penhead and his Cenobites aren't happy about the fact that the gateway to hell will be destroyed, dot, dot, dot. That, that one actually did a, a fairly good job of, you know, kind of explaining what was going on here. Frankly, a little better than the movie itself did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good job, Will. You did a good job, buddy. I appreciate you doing that. You should write those more often. And I, I'll read um, So, yeah, where, where do you want to start? Do you want to start uh, from the awesome credits, the beginning? Uh, just I guess uh, one place we could start is before we get into this is is the whole space theme was a thing going on in horror movies and I don't know, yeah. know the years of these remember Leprechaun there was a space episode yeah. or a space Leprechaun movie. in space um, but Jason, Jason, Jason X right? Jason, Jason X went to space um, shit yeah you're right there probably was about a five to eight year period there where like not just horror but like a lot of movies were like space stations. On the moon, yeah, mu- Muppets in space. I mean, if we're going to talk Muppets, <laughs> which I'm sure was uh... way better than Roman Polanski's Pirates, but uh, <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of space stuff. There, you're, you're, that's a good call. You're right. <laughs> and this one starts in, in space in the year twenty one twenty seven. Now, 
I'll give them credit for this on, on that end. If you notice a lot of times, especially back in the 90s, 80s too, but in the 90s, the future was never that far away. You ever notice that? It would be yeah. like, the future is only like 10 years from now or some shit. You know, like, oh, come on, you know, things progress fast, but they don't, they don't progress this fast. Let's call, let's, let's, let's calm down. So they, I'll give them credit for actually going like, you know, say a hundred and something years in the future here, right? True, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and as we know today with the, <laughs> with the cuts to NASA and all that stuff, then they pretty much better start pushing that stuff out even further. Like, you know, the yeah. year 4200, we yeah. finally get to Mars. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, things, like I said, things progress. They just don't progress that fast. So it would be like, it, you, a lot of movies in the in the 80s, I would remember, would be like, the future, Los Angeles, 1997. You know, it was only like 10 years beforehand Then they're making this movie. Or, of course, like Back to the Future, which, of course, they aren't, they aren't going into outer space. But, you know, yeah, we didn't have flying cars now. We should, according to Back to the Future but yeah. and Hoverboard. <laughs> we have things that are course, kind of they like were that, saddled, not quite. They were saddled with the 30-year thing. 30 years back and 30 years forward, so they were kind of saddled with that, so. But, but, but yeah, and this one, and this one, and this one, you're way the fuck out, you know, 21, 27, even now is still a hundred, you know, a little more than a hundred years from now. So at, at least I'll give them credit for that, but that's all I'm going to give them credit for. That's it. All credit, I think it was funny. It was uh, 1796 was the first era. Then 1996, yeah. the second era. <laughs> and then 21, 27. Yeah. Or whatever it was. <laughs> Yeah, they could have went at least to twenty one twenty six, right? Or yeah. or twenty yeah, we go twenty one ninety six. How about twenty ninety six or twenty one ninety six or something to keep <laughs> with the theme? Nope. Random number, pull it out of my ass. <laughs> like like they pulled a lot of stuff out of their ass for this. But you know, I, I was just trying to give them some type of positive, you know as I will try to do as we go along here. I'll try to I'll try to be as positive as possible. You know, that's what I always try to do. But Yeah. The next couple of movies in this franchise, we'll be looking back on this thinking, damn, I wish we were reviewing Bloodline again. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> you're probably right. And if so, my God. Because what have I done? Well, I mean, what in, have in, I done? In, in this episode, I think we learned a very important lesson. Okay. You ever go back and look at uh, pictures in history? Mm-hmm. Look for you with longer hair. Yeah. <laughs> each time, like each each generation farther back, it's just longer hair. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they look exactly like you, except longer hair. Exactly, yeah. as if it might be the same person. Really, let's be honest. <laughs> it's jeans, man. You can't do anything with them. Yeah, well, those those um, Le Marchand and Merchant jeans—they were very strong, <laughs> very strong. How about like the convolutedness of at the beginning, where the dude Merchant is trying to uh, solve the cube? He's trying to open it. But it's like him with gloves. He's got on like Nintendo virtual gloves. <laughs> yeah, right? almost looks like uh, the power glove. glove. The power glove, yeah. yeah. He's got the power glove, two power gloves on, solving the cube with a robot <laughs> that's just sitting, you know, cross-legged in a room. <laughs> and then as soon as it, it it solves the cube, the, the robot's like, huh? Boom! It just explodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, oh, and then the first thing, the first thing I thought of when, when he first put his hands in the glove was all right, all right. Here's here's Nintendo Power Gloves, but it looked like it was set inside of a foot mold. <laughs> yeah, like a clear yeah. foot mold. <laughs> but basically, you kind of waste the next fifteen twenty minutes of the movie on like the origins of the cube. Fifteen twenty minutes. Whatever it was, right? <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say the rest time, of the movie. Time is skewed here, right? Like, 
because everything <laughs> felt longer than it was. And thank God, like I said a little while ago, that it was only an hour and 25 minutes because I don't think I could have tolerated anything longer. <laughs> no, and it was all over the place. Like you said, you think it's going to be a space movie at first because it really, though, we talk about these movies set in space. How much, how many minutes of runtime were actually in the future? A little bit at the beginning and a little bit at the end, right? Maybe, I don't know if they even got back to the future in the middle of the movie at all or not. But. There might have been some brief cutaway or something, but yeah. That, you know, they didn't. They they Most of the movie is in 1996. Yeah. And I'm sure that was all budgetary, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, we, we can't go, we can't make this, you know, 1700s set too big. We, can, we only got this one house that's kind of decorated that way. Let's just kind of dress these people up. And then in the future, you know, a lot of that, and that's the other thing too. And this, it's not just this movie, man. A lot of movies from the '90s when they use like CGI and animated shit, it looks like shit. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's just. I mean, this is pre pre Jurassic Park, even. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not so. all their fault. You know, it's 1996, right? <laughs> we'll blame. Well, actually, what 1995 when they made it, but it's, so it's not all their fault in the sense of like the technology still hadn't caught up yet. But like, man, that stuff really doesn't hold up well. That CGI animated type stuff. Because anytime they show the spaceship. Anytime they show that robot doing the cube, um, it just looks ass. You know, it just doesn't look good. It didn't hold up at all. Funny thing is, is the first Toy Story movie came out before this, and it's still not granted. You know, <laughs> yeah. budgets and capabilities. Yeah, still, it's different, but yeah. actually, I could have been wrong. When did the first Jurassic Park come out? Was that ninety-three? I was about to say, I think that's oh, that's well before this. I think. Yeah, it's been ninety-three. Never mind that. I was thinking this. <laughs> now, let's be fair. Now, a budget of $4 million versus, you know, what I'm sure is yeah. very high budget for those movies, but still. Plus, yeah. it was uh, Terminator 2. The, like I guess it was the soldiers or whatever. They were wearing, like, riot gear from, like, Robocop or something. like. They probably uh, borrowed it from Robocop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, riot gear hasn't changed in about 100 years. Yeah. <laughs> So the riot gear in space in 2127 is the same as Detroit, uh, whatever year RoboCop was was supposed to be in. Yeah, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, the, the cube uh, was made in France or whatever. So the cube is French, but it was made by a Brit. Makes sense. They, they have a... Now, first off, who the fuck is this dude in, in the 1700s, this... This pasty, merchant, this no, I this guess. pasty old fuck that's like he knows everything about the occult. <laughs> Who is this he's a, guy? He's a, he's a great magician. Yeah, yeah. They just keep talking about how great of a magician he is, and then all he has is this guy who's just there with him. They bring a whore <laughs> to the house. They kill her. They skin her. Right? Then they skin her. Basically, what you see there. Yeah, yeah. And then they kind of do a ritual, and I guess they summon the demon Angelique, who takes this prostitute's body through the rest of the movie but I, i'm just asking who that guy is like because then they just easily dispatch of them after right now there was something where like whoever controls the demon there was some kind of loose thread thing there right smoke there was something about that so i guess the story is that, yeah. is that adam scott's character jacques killed him so he could have control over yeah i guess that was where they're going <laughs> what they were supposed to be doing or and blind then, and then having Having control over her is just screwing her nonstop yeah, yeah, yeah. for hundreds of years. Well, let's face well, it's it. like that one guy makes the final, the final mistake, I guess, of like being like, uh, I guess, like the male chauvinist thing. To I mean, she's a demon, and you're saying I'm the one that matters. I'm the only thing that matters. You know, my needs are the only ones that matters. Yeah, and then yeah. she, you know, fucks him up. <laughs> Did you forget that this is a demon? 
Well, let's face it. If you take possession of a hot demon, what are you going to have this demon do for the next 100 years, Will? It's like it's a weird science scenario is what it is, right? You have created this thing. It's yours. Let's just let's just have sex all the time. Oh, also, let's get back to the skinning thing, though. Did they have to skin her body? Because didn't they skin her body and then the thing took over her body and then the skin got put back on it or something? Yeah, well, the, <laughs> the demon had to fit. <laughs> it was like a, it was like oh. a, it was like a jacket, you know. Like they had to make sure it was oh, the right okay. size, so they had to take her innards out to <laughs> make true. this happen. And then not to not to like like ruin the story, quote unquote. Oh, but please, uh, please don't. You jump uh, to the end of the movie where she's the Cenobite again. And she's still in that same body, as opposed to whatever her original form was. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Budget. She's just got exposed brain, right, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that in one of the in the uh, the second or third one or something where it's just no in the first oh, one yeah. it was Frank or whatever where it's like you know it's mm-hmm. clearly just wearing a skin suit you know kind of thing. Yeah. But then they bring back Pinhead in 1996. I guess they didn't have the time or the budget for the 1700s Pinhead. We had to. Then again, I guess uh, it wouldn't have been, like you said, Smoke, right? Timeline-wise, it wouldn't have been Doug Bradley as Pinhead, right? It'd be, or I guess Pinhead, yeah, yeah. Pinhead wouldn't even exist, yeah. right? Even though they, even though the dialogue he's given screws up that whole timeline anyway, where he's talking about Angelique not being in hell since that time when she disappeared in what, yeah. 1700s or whatever it was, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, they, they wait to hold off to show him in 96, but then talk about him being in hell way prior back when Angelique there, even though he wouldn't have been there until, like I said, I don't remember which war that Doug Bradley's character was, was in. Like, I don't remember the, the yeah, I don't remember the war, but I don't say it was like early 1900s. So like world war one, maybe something in between oh, okay. like one and two, something like that. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah that's true. It might've been world war one. Cause he was, I guess he was a British. I mean, he is British Doug Bradley. And I guess he was playing maybe a British soldier soldier or something. I forget, but, yeah, so even if it was World War One, that still wouldn't be the timeline that he says that he was in hell when Angelique was. So, who, <laughs> so they screwed who, all that. Pinhead or you know Doug Bradley, the character that turns into Pinhead, whatever his name was, I forget. So he has time to stop yeah, in the middle of a war and summon some demons for pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. War is hell, man. Yeah, war is yeah. hell. War is hell. Demon so you just gotta get your you gotta get your rocks out somehow. So, I guess <laughs> demon sadism it is. Now, my question when I was writing the notes was, what's with the twin security guards? I I know the end game was to, like, turn them into these twin demons, right? Like, uh, twist their heads together or whatever the fuck happens there. But, like, it's just, it it seemed like an 80s or 90s kind of thing, like, where they got twins to do everything, right? (laughs) How about Terminator 2? Weren't they security guards in Terminator 2, the twin? Remember that scene? Yeah, I think you're right. The one went... Get what the it was it was two twins in there somewhere. I think it's the one that got the uh the spike through the head when he was at the at the uh vending machine or whatever. Yeah, I think you're right. Now that you mentioned that, uh, but it just seemed like it was a thing in 80s and 90s movies to have twins, whether it was two hot twin chicks, you know, like wearing a bikini or whatever, but it was always twins or there'd be two twin security guards or twin muscle heads or something like this, like in, in some action movies, right? When there were some shitty twins. Yeah, like, barbar- like Barbarians, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> this was always a thing. I, I don't know. It was just weird. But then they twist their heads together. <laughs> they put this little mask on, like, either side of their faces and then just kind of slowly push them together and <laughs> roll the middle of their heads together. 
which which was a which was an okay, we're a pretty decent uh, makeup effect. But then they At show the them end. splitting apart later, and it's a terrible digital CG <laughs> yeah, yeah, effect. Yeah. Of them Once again, apart. doesn't hold up. <laughs> that that was yeah. one thing. This one, I mean, this movie lacked a lot. But this one in particular lacked like other Cenobites. You know, like compared to the first three that we watched, it was always like here's Pinhead and like a group of at least three or four others, right? This one was yeah. just, just him and the twins, right? Was there another one? I'm, well, I guess Angelique. Angelique, Angelique, I guess eventually, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I don't know if you consider a. I mean, she became Cenobite like, even though she was still, I guess, her demon, she's whatever it yeah, was. She's still whatever the hell she was, except all they did is pull the skin off of her. What they peeled yeah. it off the top of her head, where her yeah and skulls, and then it's like pinned to her shoulders. Like, yeah, yeah, that that's it. That's what he did to her for some reason. But that was it. Like, there's usually more Cenobites. Like, you know, in the last one with the camera hit yeah. guy and the DJ. And... Yeah, there was actually, uh, and I'll, I guess I'll get to this in the, uh, uh, in the connections, but uh, uh, there were more Cenobites that were uh, supposed to be in there, but I guess they got cut out. Well, yeah, so. I, I think it was a little missing from this because it just didn't have the, there were a lot of reasons why it didn't, you know, it just didn't hit as well as the last few, but um mm. I think that was for me. That was one of the reasons too. Is like, there's not enough of that weirdness going on. There was a little bit of it, but not as much. As, yeah. Well, they spent all the money on the uh, uh, pinhead dog and the spaceship. Yeah, yeah, that yeah the dog. dog. I forgot about the dog. Yeah, muscle <laughs> bound alien or demon dog thing with yeah, they, the. He's they, got a spike. They have a spike collar and everything too. Yeah, they basically <laughs> lifted that from Ghostbusters. You know, yeah, very sim, very similar. Not quite, but very similar. Now there was something in Clive Barker's stories right about like a some kind of dog or some kind of demon dog thing yeah that's that a thing yeah it was i mean i've read some of the stuff not all of it but how about when he uh pinhead took out you know the the merchant from 1996 how he shot him through the throat with this dude yeah. and pulled it out and chopped yeah, his that, head off <laughs> that was pretty yeah, probably the best movie <laughs> yeah that was yeah uh, to me that was the uh the most interesting one you know, it was like a spear thing that went through his neck, then it opened when it got through his neck, and then he pulls it back through, and that those blades that had opened up decapitate him when he pulls it back through the other way. Yeah, so, yeah that was cool. And I think Captain Yeager's, you know, even though he took his name off of it, that might have very well have been his idea, being the special effects guy that he was before. Now, whenever the shit finally goes down on the ship, like now you're 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 toward the end here, and you're finally back on the space station, when Angelique chops off that one soldier's head in the mirror, like... Has him like oh, yeah. she kind of pulls him through and then like solidifies the mirror or whatever the hell that was and like whoo you know so there's a lot of uh, <laughs> head lopping here yep. and then that's when the twins show back up and then did they absorb that guy what happened to him like they split in yeah. two right they just unraveled and kind of split in yeah two. and then they put the dude yeah, in that, the middle and just kind of they just kind of rolled him up inside of them what the hell did they do there sure <laughs> yep. yeah that's <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, when they were building that, it was like, hey, this sounds really cool. All right, let's do that. How does this make sense? <laughs> that's that's just the point. It doesn't. That's just uh, don't, don't worry about it. We'll just blame Alan Smithy. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> that early in production, they're already. <laughs> <laughs> the first day Jaeger showed up to direct it, the, the, the chair said Alan Smithy on it. Uh-oh. <laughs> How about by the, the way, oh, this reminds me too. By the way, 
they took him off of it, or he took himself off of it. But originally, it was supposed to be, it was going to be Guillermo del Toro was supposed to direct this. Did, did you imagine that. a Guillermo del Toro? Oh, wow. well, it would have been, been pretty, it pretty been. awesome. I would have thought. Yeah. I would imagine at least uh, visually, it would have been a, a thousand times better than this for sure. Um, yeah, and I mean, I if he was going to do it, he'd probably look at the script and say, "I'm not directing this shit," and that's probably what happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, fuck it is. And then just I don't know why he sounded like Mario. I'm sorry, but yeah, no, nah, man. We're- <laughs> We've got an entire merchant family played by one guy. What? <laughs> <laughs> How about the main like soldier Rimmer? I think that was his name. Oh, where yeah. They put him in the wouldn't him where they put yeah yeah he puts the dog. They put a, one of the demon dog in the pressure chamber. No, that wasn't a guy. That was uh, that lady. was a yeah it was that, a girl. Yeah, that was uh, the lady that uh, was kind of like questioning merchant the entire time. Like yeah. they were yeah. they were, they arrested him for some reason. Right there was that whole plot point like what the hell you know <laughs> wasn't he oh. like wasn't he like the lead scientist on the ship and then they're like no we don't like what you're doing you're under arrest and then you're gonna tell me the story of what's <laughs> 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 ah, your pleasure sir trying to make sense of you know this movie but a lot of movies sometimes man it's hard yeah. and just trying to make sense of it but she leads the demon dog in a little pressure chamber and then microwaves his ass right and just blows him up that one's all right <laughs> And then the best it thing, right? Does that last little whimper too, like a like a like a normal dog that's that's hurt or something? That little dog whimper right before he blows up. Yipe! <laughs> and, and then and finally, also, also this dog is is dealt with the uh, pressures of hell. <laughs> but uh, space but, is, is yeah. difficult. <laughs> too much. That's the thing. That's the thing that always gets me, especially about like say these movies. Like, is anything that you see real? You know, like they're demons from hell. Like, can you really blow them up and kill them and stuff like that? It, wouldn't you just? Do I know. Then, yeah. in reality, you would think this is the way it would play out. Look, fine, Oof, boy, we beat all those, didn't we? Yeah, we beat Pinhead, that dog. Yeah, that's all. And then you turn around, they'd be standing there staring at you. That's how it would play out. Because <laughs> the <laughs> demons. Yeah, exactly. You're fucked. <laughs> that's how this ends. Wait, why? Why is Pinhead even worried about it when he's trapped in the satellite thing or whatever? You know, at the end, once we get to the final conclusion and stuff well, like that, he's go like, ahead, "No, let's go ahead and yeah, no, Darth Vader." No, let's go ahead. Fuck it. Let's go ahead and get there. Like the end. This is this not one of the more abrupt endings of all this shit. It's just like they were. We got to end this somehow. The space station in reality was like a cardboard cutout of a cube. It just came back together. And like they said in that, it was the Elysium configuration, the, the reverse cube. And he just, no, blows up credits. Nothing else. Like, there's no like, yeah. Spaceship wait. flies to Earth. Yeah, yeah. It just slowly flies back to Earth. There's yeah. no like, wait until Hellraiser Five. There's nothing. It's just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. We had to. We had what to, they call know. it? What do they call it? Where they're like in a movie? Uh, there's something that hasn't been in any other part of the movie that is like the the, the saving grace. Not the MacGuffin. That's not the MacGuffin, is it? No. I don't know, no. I don't know enough it's about MacGuffin. film. Is a, is a lot. Yeah, some other plot device where you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is it, Ex Machina or something like that? Deuce Ex Machina? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, uh, this, this entire movie, there's been no use of holograms. <laughs> and then just randomly, all right, I've got you. You know, like, like a pinhead's like, all right, I've got you. And nope, nope, it was a hologram the whole time. No! And like I said, in reality, what would happen is boom, blow up. How hey, we got his ass. And then, they, and then while they're on that ship, slowly going back to Earth, they turn around and Pinhead would be standing there. <laughs> or Pinhead yeah. would just know it was a hologram. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I just, I mean, like the whole movie's weak, but that ending was truly like, well, fuck, that, that that's it, yeah. that's over. <laughs> Smacks of some of a writer or whatever, not of them not knowing how that they should really end, and like, well, I guess we'll just have to go with this. <laughs> yeah, just blow them up, fuck it, blow them up. If we want to make part five, we'll, we'll unblow them up. It's cool. <laughs> Which, <laughs> it's I know hell, I mean, said, you know. <laughs> Saw part five. Josh, you saw part five. Didn't I have. You? Oh, you don't remember? The- I mean, I don't remember the ins and outs. I mean, we'll get there, you know, when we watch it. But like, I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah, so I, it'll be interesting to see what. I don't know how they started. They probably just totally. No, I would assume they probably ignore everything else and just yeah. start with part and five. That probably leans into what I. That probably leans into what I said earlier that I'd read that like this was kind of the last one of that line oh, of yeah. storyline kind of thing. So yeah, probably mm-hmm. they probably just like that didn't happen. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it Hellraiser two that had like huge bits of Hellraiser one in it? Like you know, it's probably like that at, at best. You know, like let's just take sections of that movie and put it in this one because that'll save us a few dollars, you know. Save us a little bit of time, but that'd be about the extent of it. I doubt it. I doubt there's any if it starts out with like Pinhead waking up and taking a shower and realizing that the whole previous season was a, a dream like Dallas and Bobby yeah. Ewing and all that. <laughs> Boy, that's a <laughs> That's a dated cut there, buddy. <laughs> Showing your age. Well, anyways, yeah, so there's there's Hellraiser bloodline for you. <laughs> if you if you had not watched it until then, you know, honestly, and you kept listening to us, you're better for it. Uh <laughs> don't. Just don't. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't bother. Um, and that'll I guess that'll go directly into our rating. So you know, I'll tell you what, I'll start since I was the one that nominated it. This so far and now maybe we should go back and, and kind of talk about what our ratings were on, on the other Hellraiser movies. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, to, be a good plan. just to be fair, let, let's go through that first. Hellraiser the first Hellraiser, nineteen eighty seven. Donnie, you gave it three and a quarter. Will, you gave it one and a half stars. And then Smoke and I gave it three and a half stars. Hellbound Hellraiser 2 from 1988. Donnie, you and Smoke gave it three stars. I gave it two and a half. And Will, you gave it one and three quarter stars. Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth from 1992. Smoke, you and I gave it two and a quarter stars. Donnie, you gave it two stars. And then Will, you went back to the old one and a half stars well. So, based on what I just said, um, this compared to those three, this is fucking terrible. You know, <laughs> in, my, in my scale, this is god awful compared to those. I'm gonna go one star, and God help us all. If, funny. if there's anything worse than this past this, and there probably is. So, uh, Donnie, I'm gonna toss it to you. I am actually probably, and I, he, man, <laughs> yeah, that's my thoughts exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I have to agree. I mean, was it? This is four of how many? Nine? Nine or ten, something like that. Shit. Count, counting that newest um, one from last year. Knowing what's to come, I don't know. Oh, you mean not knowing what's to come in a lot? No, yeah, not knowing. I, I like. I don't want to give this too low of a rating, but I also want to rate it as what? Well, fuck it. <laughs> I'm gonna go one star. Star and a quarter, fuck it. I'm going to say a star and a quarter. quarter. I'm going to give it a little bit more than it should. I'm going to re-rate it right now. It's a star. Fuck it. <laughs> Wait, one star. One star? Okay. <laughs> you had instant instant re-rating. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. It is yeah, one star. It's gonna, what's going to be more interesting is once we go to further uh, movies, and also when we have to do talk about this again on Halloween. So that's, Shit. We'll see. We'll see. But Will, what do you yeah. say? Yeah, yeah, I'm probably gonna follow y'all with one star. 
Professor, you're you're the final word. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as well. But like Donnie was saying, like you know what's going to get worse. Probably. And there's not too much further down from one. You can go three quarters and a half and then a quarter. And there's probably exponentially exponentially worse movies than this one that we're going to get to. But I still cannot rate this more than one. <laughs> I can't bring myself to rate this more than one, even though the other ones might be exponentially worse. Maybe. Than, I'll, tell you you know, I'll tell you what really, really sucks for me. Now, like knowing that we have uh, like a family friend has the uh, HBO Max. So obviously we don't pay for that. Okay. But somewhere down the line, I fucking paid money for this shit. <laughs> yeah, you, Even if it was on a student discount. You, you so. contributed to that that big box office haul we talked about. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Junk. In a, in a, in a roundabout way, you paid twice. <laughs> Stop. And you, Stop. And honestly, you've paid more with your life. No, I paid more by watching it that's again. Time, that's time Damn you can't it. get back. <laughs> so there All we right. go. We'll, by the way, by the way, I, I'm going to do a re-rating as well, except I don't want to change my rating. I just want you to take my name off of it and put it as Alan Smith. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so That's rating w- it's one across the board from Donnie, Will, myself, and Alan Smithy. There we go. Done deal. Yep. <laughs> one star. So that that's this might be the new benchmark for like the new year, right? Like not I'm not talking about twenty twenty three. I'm talking about our calendar year from you know, basically yeah. we go from Halloween to Halloween. So yeah, I think this might be the new benchmark other than maybe, you know, some stuff we watched on Crapster Piece, which you can't even it, this is crapster piece worthy, but you know it's hard to compare, right? We don't, we don't. Oh rate, yeah, that was the other thing. The take way. that Alan Smithy uh, filmography and probably use that for some crapster uh, piece pulls. Yeah, well, I, I think we got a whole spook show spotlight out of that. There's no question about that. So, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, now that we went back to the horror, well, we have to uh, get back to the kill count and the uh, connections from the crypt and the gore score and everything. So, Donnie, I'll toss to you first. <laughs> Connections from the crypt. <laughs> Just get it over with. Uh, all right. So, um, yeah, going to the cast and crew side. I'll start with the crew side. You would think that, um, you know, Clyde Barker would be probably the most uh, synonymous with, uh, um, or I'm sorry, have the most credentials here. But no, it's actually um, special effects. Uh, crew member uh, Scott Coulter, who we've actually brought up on the on the show previously. Um, this was one of his last films in the makeup special effects department uh, as he moved on to visual effects and CGI uh, in the late 90s. Probably he's like, you know what, fuck this movie. So, um, yeah. <laughs> fuck this industry. But no. Fuck the genre, the industry. Fuck it <laughs> He's like, oh. Uh, but no, he ties back to uh, Street Trash. Uh, Pet Cemetery, uh, Josh, your favorite, the Garbage Bell Kids movie, oh. and, and uh, uh, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight on the on the cast side. Uh, obviously, Doug Bradley, uh, Pinhead yeah. for uh, Hellraiser 1, 2, and 3, and an honorable mention. Mm. Uh, this was one of the Cenobites that uh, got cut out, was uh, actually Phil Fondacaro. Uh, he was Greaser Greg and uh, the the, gar- <laughs> the garbage girl kids movie. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yep. No, we don't allow it. I mean, even <laughs> though you're laying out facts, I don't allow it. Yeah, so that's just uh, honorable, honorable, well, dishonorable yeah, mention. Yeah, I was about to say dishonorable mention. There you go. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. All right, Will, we're throwing to you. 
us those beautiful numbers. <laughs> All right, so I've got a uh, 13 for this one. Got the peasant girl right off the top. How did you say the guy's name? Duke De Liesel. Uh, yeah, De Isle. Uh, yeah, De Isle, uh, found. I mean, he wasn't killed on screen, but he was seen dead sitting in the chair. Philip got uh, stabbed in the gut. Uh, Jock uh, was slashed up and then had his innards pulled out. Mm-hmm. Mr. Sharp was uh, hooked and dragged to the Chatter Beast. Then you have the twin security guards. John Merchant got decapitated. Uh, Parker had his skin ripped off. Carducci lost his head in the mirror. Chamberlain uh, was killed off screen, but by the Chatter Beast. Edwards became uh, the middle of the um, the twins, and then uh, Pinhead got blew up. And if you wanted to, you know, that would be thirteen. <clears throat> then you've got uh, Angelique and the twins who had already died previously in the movie. They also died when the station blew up. Well, that all makes for a, a nice little introduction for the, the professor. Gore score. Now, Professor, before you uh, jump into it, I'll give you what you gave the gore score for the first three Hellraiser movies, because I think it's fair to compare. Mm. The, first one, right. you, the first one, you gave that one an eight. Hellbound Hellraiser 2, you gave that a nine. And then Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, you gave that a seven. So there's your scale. That's good. That's good. Because well, what, first of all, I was going to ask you, but thank you for that. And also, I already had a preconceived score in mind. And I not even remembering what I gave the other ones that lines up with that. So uh, the other thing I'll say, too, is that I've said this before, that you can have a shitty story and all that stuff. But if you add enough gore into the mix, sometimes that will forgive some certain things. Well, this movie had a fairly decent amount of gore and it did not help (laughs) much. I mean, it helped a little bit. Yeah. Can you imagine if it wasn't there? Good Lord. Uh, really, I mean, at least you have something to talk about. We and we did mention it. Uh, Merchant's decapitation was probably one of the better kills in the movie, if not the best. Uh, and then you had another that mirror decapitation, where, where the mirror was, you know, where Angelique was on the other side, pulls him in, and there's another decapitation. But it was a cool one too, I guess. Not as cool as Merchant's, but. Yeah. And you had like the innards, you know, a little bit of gutting or whatever. And you had skinning of Angelique. Well, prior to her becoming the demon, you had the skinning of her. Uh, then you had another skinning you know later on in the movie and there was some did the dog blowing up in the chamber that was kind of cool right but so yeah i mean you had that gore there but and it did help a little bit i guess it would have been much worse without it but it didn't help it enough to get more than one star rating from me or any of us i think i'd give it i'll give it six i don't think it's you know it's not on the level of the other ones but it's there it's just not as much of it as maybe you'd want to see in a hellraiser movie it was less than any of the prior ones i think to this if anything, it maybe it's on the same level as Hellraiser three, possibly, but that one seems like it just edges it out a little bit. So I'm gonna go with six. Next week, um, we're not gonna be watching a movie, but we're gonna be talking about the movies that we have watched, but not necessarily here on the podcast. We're gonna be doing our 2022 year in review. This is basically the same thing we've done the last couple of years, where we go back and we ha- it gives us a chance to talk about all the movies that we saw during the month of 2022, like 2022 release movies. Not like, you know, just, oh, I watched uh, Godfather again or something. No, just the movies that were released in 2022, specific to horror. We can throw in some other ones like, oh, by the way, I really love this movie or that movie. But for the most part, we'll be talking about our favorite uh, horror flicks from 2022. What worked, what didn't, 
all that. Uh, so we'll be uh, doing that next week. And then uh, the week after that will be Donnie's choice in the rotation. So uh, once you get to next week, you'll find out what's going right. to be coming up at the end of the month. So lots going on. Like I said, we off the top, we encourage you to go over to aaspookshow.com for the uh, all the latest and greatest here in the Spook Show universe. So uh, that, that pretty much wraps it up. So for Will, Donnie, Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are from the All-American Spook Show podcast, and we will talk to you next week for our 2022 year in review.